Good evening, everybody. And um, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, asking me to speak at this meeting. This is uh, a really important part of my 12-step work and me to stay in recovery yeah, one day at a time. Um, that's all I really have in my recovery. Um, just a little bit of a background about me. Um, my name is Sarah H. And I grew up in a seemingly normal family, mom and dad, one brother, really small town. Um, everything seemed pretty normal. And everything seemed normal except for how I felt inside. Everything just felt kind of off. Um, and I looked different than my my peers. I was always a little bit bigger. I was taller. I was chubbier. My feet were bigger. And people would comment about how I looked different. And I think my mom was worried about what I looked like to other people. And so that worried me also. You know, when I would see my mom worrying about me, then I got worried myself. So I always felt really different, and I felt ashamed of myself, like I had done something wrong. And I remember really, from a young age, I would go to food for comfort. And that started at probably, I don't know, three or four years old, maybe five years old. And I started to feel kind of isolated from my, you know, from my peers at school and even in my own family because no one really understood me. I felt different. And I just really couldn't put my finger on it. Like what really made me different? But the way that I felt different was kind of just like something was missing. There was always something missing. And by the time I was about seven, I weighed 100 pounds. So obviously something was wrong. And my mother was concerned, so she would try to put me on diets and that really didn't work because it would be like, let's track your weight and here's a weight chart and we're going to count your calories and this is how much it, this, you know, <laughs> this is how much, how many calories an egg has and this is how many calories this yogurt has. And, you know, it, she was really coming from a place of love and concern, but it didn't work for me because that really wasn't my problem. My problem wasn't controlling my food. <laughs> it was coming from somewhere else. So, you know, trying to control my food became kind of my way of life um, from a really young age. And my mom had me put on diets starting at about age nine. And I learned about restricting calories and then I was manipulating food. Like, well, if I can have, you know, one starch and one protein and you know I was manipulating what I could eat to in order to fit it into my calories 
and then I was being dishonest and, you know, I was having just a lot of, you know, character issues around food. Everything centered around food. And I would end up manipulating and controlling the people around me also. And, you know, this is just, you know, this is just my story. This is how I got to OA. Um, my parents enabled me in a way because they knew what I was doing. They knew that I had this problem and they would put me on diets and pay for them. But they would still kind of let me do whatever I wanted. And I was still being dishonest and controlling and manipulative. And it was almost like an addict, you know, having an addict as a child. I really was an addict. And um, I was really just parents and codependent with my food and just really troubling relationships. So, you know, that was my way of getting attention and kind of getting love was from food. And so I kind of went through high school up and down weight, like 40 or 50 pounds up and down. And it really wouldn't matter what I weighed because I always had the same types of issues in my relationship. And I noticed that at a pretty young age, like it didn't matter how happy I was with my body. If, even if I was, even if I was quote at a at a good weight for myself, and it, that even if I looked good, if I felt that I looked good, and I you know even if I could have a boyfriend and get attention that way, I was still having relationship problems. So there was still something missing. Something was wrong. So at one point during my later teens and my early twenties, I just decided I was going to get my act together and that I was going to just fix whatever my issue was and become, you know, as normal as I possibly could be. And that really was what I thought would be the turning point in my life, that I'm going to become normal and I'll have this normal life and I'm going to make these food problems go away because I shouldn't have these food problems. I shouldn't have to be constantly on a diet. And, you know, I I tried to kind of ignore it. And in a way, I think I was surrendering it in a way that to, to some degree, but it wasn't on a spiritual level. It was kind of on a physical level. I was just kind of ignoring it. And I did lose a good amount of weight, but I was miserable. And I was very controlling, very just obsessed with, you know, how long can I go without eating so that I can still lose weight, but then also, you know, have a pretty decent binge and, you know, not hurt myself. And it was really just 
very unhealthy thinking. And I was still eating in secret. I had a lot of anxiety around not getting caught eating. And because I wouldn't want people to see me eating the way that I was eating. Um, I would hide the food that I had eaten because I wouldn't want anyone to know how much I had eaten. And I was always chasing that feeling that I got from binging because I would get this high or this feeling of like gratification from eating. And it made me feel like I was filling that void just for a short time. And it was that escape. But all that had resulted in me just being more dishonest. I was, you know, just ultimately dishonest with people by hiding hiding and lying and being manipulative and controlling. And in the end, I was more depressed and more anxious than I had started out. So, you know, I, I ended up getting married, had kids, and my behaviors kind of just kept rolling along and they were progressing and progressively getting worse. And I knew something had to be different. Something had to change because I could see in my own, my own child, my firstborn was a, was a girl and she had started to show some of the same behaviors that I had, which really scared me. And I didn't want her to have the same struggles as me. So I knew that something had to change. And that's when I, you know, I, the pandemic came along and then we were all stuck at home and I put on even more weight and my behaviors got even worse. I was so fearful of everything. I was fearful of gaining more weight. I was fearful of not being able to lose weight. I didn't know what to do. And my diets were becoming more and more extreme. And my behavior was getting more and more out of control. My life was getting more and more out of control. So I definitely knew that I had to do something. So I had heard about OA many years ago from a therapist. And the first step that I took was going to a meeting. And at that meeting, I met a number of people, and one of them would become my sponsor, who took me through the steps. And she's still my sponsor today. And that was almost three years ago. Um, and she, you know, she explained to me, just talking to her helped me feel less alone. I felt like I finally, you know, had someone I could talk to about this because in the depths of my desperation, I felt like I was the only person that must do these things that feels this way. And when I got to these meetings and talked to people, I realized I'm not alone. This is a whole fellowship of people who share these experiences and, and I'm not alone. I can, I can heal from this. This is just like a miracle. So you know, in the meantime, I also learned that I had to face some hard facts about myself. I had become a chronic compulsive 
overeater. And I was powerless over food, and my life had become unmanageable. I was the very Then I learned that God could restore me to sanity, you know, but I had to seek him out. I had to turn my life and my will over to him. And those were the first three steps that I took. So just admitting those things to myself and then starting to take action through steps four through nine and saying, yes, these are my putting my finger on the things that were really the issues that really changed my life. That's when I had that kind of spiritual awakening. I had that spiritual experience where I could see the harms done to other people. And I cleared away the wreckage of my past. I asked God to remove my shortcomings. And I became ready I became willing to make amends to people that I had made, that I had done harm to. And just in doing that, everything in my life changed. Every single thing in my life changed. Not overnight, but one day at a time. It doesn't happen immediately. But, you know, we don't get to those steps 10, 11, and 12 and and we stop. We don't say, "Oh, I just graduated from this recovery program and now I'm I'm done." No, we have to do it every single day because we have this daily reprieve and we work it together. We don't work it by ourselves. We need a sponsor. So, I am taking action every day and I do a morning meditation. I set my thinking right. I ask God to, you know, direct my thinking, to keep me from, you know, selfishness, dishonesty, self-pity, um, self, self-seeking and fear. You know, I ask God to inspire my decisions, my, my thoughts, to help me go with the flow, to help free me from doubt and indecision, and to guide me through my day, to show me the next right step. And just in doing that, I feel like it has freed me from so much that has held me back in my life. Um, and that's a lot of my 11-step work that I do. And I do a lot of 12-step work working with newcomers. Um, the newcomers, uh, part of my my program is like probably most, one of the most important parts. I feel Five like five minute I reminder. Thank you so much. Um, if I don't give away what has been given to me, I can't keep it. You know, I've I've had periods in my program where I thought that maybe I had to maybe take some time off of my twelve step work because I was a little bit busy. But then I kind of start losing that, that feeling of serenity. And I know that I have to keep working with newcomers or I'm going to lose that. 
I'm going to lose that serenity. I have to keep giving it away. I have to keep carrying the message. And I know that it's one of the most important parts of how I've released 75 plus pounds at this point. It didn't happen overnight. You know, I didn't release very much weight when I first got into the program, but at this point, it's I've released 75 pounds and it's, you know, a little more than that, but um, I really, I've come pretty far and I have, I have more weight to lose, but I'm going to take it one day at a time and I'm going to let God guide me. And that's kind of how I see my program. I'm not trying to control food. Food is just a symptom of this disease. Food is not the solution. I don't control food. Food doesn't do things for me anymore. Food is here to nourish my body. It's not here to help me feel better. It's not here to solve my problems. That's here to help me out and to solve all my problems. I don't use food as a solution anymore. So that's kind of what OA has done for me. And I see it doing that for so many other people. And that's why I keep coming back. That's why I come back day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, because it works if you work it. And my life has changed dramatically. I have close relationships with my husband, my kids. It's just, it's on a different level than it ever has been before. And um, I'll leave my contact information. It's um, 847-846-0474, and that's in Central Time. And I am an available big book sponsor. And I'm available for outreach, and I can answer questions and just help in any way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so very much, Sarah H., for sharing your experience, strength, and hope tonight with us. And uh, before you go, uh, would you like to? We would like you to suggest a topic for this for this evening for us to discuss. Let's discuss surrendering. Okay, surrendering. That is the topic for this evening. Thank you so very much again for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And now we have come to halftime. And um, at this time, again, I'm Lorraine W., and I'm moderating the Sunday night 9 p.m. meeting. And you can listen to Sarah, who's the most recent recent speaker, over the next 24 hours by calling um, 712-432-5203 with the same PIN number as this meeting. And you may listen to previous shared recordings on oa100founders.org. And I forgot to stop the recording.